It's Pro Wrestling Planet Podcast. Hello, my camera's over here. What's up? It's your excellent friend. And Big Vito T. (laughs) Does it look like a hostage video? Um, Send the money to pwplanet.com. Blink twice if you're in trouble. (laughs) <laughs> Vito, what is up my man all seriousness man. all jokes aside here we are we're back again we're back and we're Mike's spooky over here. my camera's over here so it's oh my goodness it's spooky. time uh well you know without any further ado yes we're gonna talk we're gonna go back into the wrestling uh way back uh not the time machine, but uh, what do we call it? Uh, the wrestling time capsule. The vault. We're going back in the peak in the cock vault. <laughs> we dug even further. We way dug back. Deep down, all the way back to 1989, Big Vito team. We're going to be talking about NWA Halloween Havoc. Yeah, I was 1989. noticing that. Yes. I was is... noticing that a couple of times throughout the show. I was like, Oh, this is not WCW. Technically, technically prior WC, to WCW, yes. So uh, let's go on this journey. 1989. Gosh, I was four years old, bro. Yeah. Yep. Four I freaking was, uh, years old. I had just turned five because it's October 28th, 1989. So I had just turned five years old. And we are in uh, Philadelphia Civic Center in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. You got the wiki pulled up there? I do, brother. I do. What was the <laughs> attendance on this bad boy? 7,300, it looks like here. Oh, okay. The, the tagline is settling the score. The first, and since we're, since first we're way back Halloween in that. Uh, Yes, the first one. Since we're way back in 89, uh, I heard a couple things throughout the show to show context that I want to bring up here at the beginning. Um, This is Lex Luger's third year in wrestling, LOD's six years in wrestling, and this is Flair's sixth time as champion. He's in his sixth reign. So as context, there's that. Sounds pretty freaking evil. Yeah, it's very early. Not early, evil. Evil. It's evil. It's a lot of sixes in there, Vito. This is Halloween Havoc. It's Halloween Havoc. Spooky. All right. Did you notice it took three minutes to announce all the uh, commentators? (laughs) It took a long time. Okay. So, yes, there's not a whole lot of uh, personal backstory to be had. We were little children. Of course, neither one of us uh, watched this. I don't even remember this being a big deal to even, like, my bigger brothers or my father at the time. No, this Um, was not on my radar. Barely 
I don't know. I know that they were watching at the time, but this just this card, you know, didn't entice them to to buy this pay per view. Uh, not that I can remember. Uh, yeah. This this opening video uh, was really short, but uh, I mean, God, you got computer graphics have came a long way, haven't they? <laughs> uh, you just can't. You really can see the dating in the in the in the digital effects. I don't think they had computers or graphics on that. <laughs> I think it's just a. Now, uh, well, I guess the, I, I'd say just maybe graphic. Right. <laughs> Un graphic. <laughs> we we got what we got, you know. Yeah, we. Man, hard to watch. The. The show is going to be called by Jim Ross and Bob Cottle, who I forgot even existed. Yeah. Um, but he his voice, you know, was on a lot of these old NWA shows, and I was like, oh, yep. yeah. Did you have a hard time listening to him? I thought he Bob was fine. Cottle. You know who he reminded me but of? I don't like voice? old Jim Ross either. The way his really? voice was like so... High pitched. I was just gonna say that his voice got lower. I guess after the Bell's palsy, I don't know. But I don't, you know, something caused his voice to go lower when he was in uh, WWE years later. Uh, the other guy, his voice reminded me of Tony Schiavone, Bob Cottle. A little bit, yeah. I was like, oh, Brandon might be hating this. <laughs> he did. He sounded like Schiavone to me. Oh, but uh. Yeah. No, he is fine. You know, his voice synonymous with these uh, with these old shows. But we have backstage announcers with Gordon Soley and yes. Chris Cruz, Vito. I could not believe Chris Cruz was employed even back in 1989 uh, in <laughs> WA. I didn't know he dated back that far. Yeah. I wasn't um, familiar with him, I guess. Well, he was like the C-show announcer uh, in, in WCW in the later days. You know, he would do oh, like okay. Worldwide and WCW Pro or whatever, oh, okay. stuff like that. Yeah. Um, All right. And funny story, I don't know what happened. Don't really remember the details, but I, somehow I ended up friends with him on Facebook and I contacted him way back in the day to do the radio show. And um, I don't know. I don't remember the details, but I just remember it didn't end well. Little shoot, little shoot story. Um, weird. Like, I don't know. He was like... You guys uh, have beef? I wouldn't say we have beef. I'm not sure where it went wrong. So you know, it might have even been my fault. At times, I could be immature when when dealing with stuff like that. You know, like if he, uh, oh, if I felt young, like he was young, Brandon causing heat amongst the the elder, you know, elder wrestlers. Who would have thought Brand getting heat? Well, um, <laughs> I'm a heat seeking missile sometimes. I guess. Apparently. I guess. But uh, either way. Uh, I don't even remember, you know, I wonder if I could, if I could dig the messages up, that would be real interesting. I think I deleted them long ago, though. 
I just remember it didn't end well, so I don't. Uh, I just wrote Chris Cruz is an asshole in my notes. <laughs> so take that for what it's worth. Yeah. All right. Uh, but this show opens up with Z-Man Tom Zink against Microtunda. No ring entrances. They're already in the ring. Yeah, with a very young Nick Patrick as the referee. Yeah, yeah. Very young. The refs are wearing the classic black and blue uh, yeah, bow tie. bow tie. Yep. Yeah. Bow tie set up, which I know you're a fan of. Yep, we talked EVT. about this on the last show. It's yep. the only referee shirt I accept that's not striped. It's the only one that's acceptable. Yes. So we got that aesthetic covered in here. Uh, man, this is just crazy. Uh, this whole show is a weird, uh, but it's so weird, but really cool things. A lot of really cool little interesting things. You know, Bray Wyatt's dad here, uh, <laughs> wrestling. You know, <laughs> yeah. uh, against the Z Man, who was who was gonna be a huge star. I was real into him as a kid, but uh. After this little run here, it just kind of, I don't know what happened. It fizzled out. Yes, he, um, I don't know. Very beginning of the match, uh, IRS, they, they, I don't know if there was a little tie-up first, uh, but IRS told him to check him, and the ref just walked right up to him and like rubbed his arms. I don't know if that was like if he told him to check him or if he told him to wipe him off. I wasn't sure, but I was like, if he told him to check him, and if all he did was just like, I I was very confused from a referee's right. perspective. So was, I just uh, want to point that out. A message, perhaps Rotunda, yeah. you know, telling him to slow <laughs> down or something. I don't know. Uh, yeah, it was it was early on in the match when this happened. I didn't. I don't remember this part. At the very beginning. At the very yeah, beginning. Yeah, it was the beginning. They did yeah, anything. I think they might have touched each other like one time. And then uh, uh, I, IRS, uh, Captain Mike Rotunda said, yeah, check him, <laughs> you know. And then okay. he, he did this, you know, like a ref would do at the beginning. Right, right, right. Check right. The, the ankles and the wrists and stuff like check that. Check him again. He didn't do a good yeah. enough job. Yeah, exactly. That type of thing. <laughs> yeah. So, what's your thoughts on this match? What do you got? What do you got to say? <laughs> you know, it was really, really slow. Yeah. A uh, bunch of stalling stuff. Just fine. Uh, then they do, like, a bunch of mat wrestling. Um, it was really slow going. But then... Yeah. but. I was surprised because then when they uh, when they did do something like uh, uh, you know Z Man did that bump to the outside, um, the crowd came alive. Then so like they were with them through all that, but it was still just a super weird way to to start a show when we think of like nowadays. You know what I mean? Like everything, usually your first match is like really fast pace. Yeah. But uh, this is 1989, you know, so a lot different. It still worked, though. The crowd was was still into it. I mean, they kind of well, seemed bored, but. 
I looked at a, a match right here, and I don't see a match that I would have replaced it with. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, so you could definitely <laughs> you could definitely say that. Um, uh, so there was one thing that, uh, and I texted you about this, and it's going to be a common occurrence that I say tonight. I'm going to try to talk about it in a not so hateful tone, but it's a problem I have. When uh, uh, then again, uh, also I want to point this out that I completely forgot everything that had to do with that uh, pay per view. And uh, so I'm only going off my notes right now. <laughs> so there's also that. So yeah, no, I'm doing kind of fifty-fifty here. I've got notes. <laughs> I do have a little bit of memory though as well. So. Uh, Rotunda was doing uh, um, holds with uh, with the ropes, and Z-Man no sold all of it. <laughs> like he was doing all this heel stuff, and then like. The referee was kind of doing calls on it, and as soon as he let up off of it, Z-Man was cool. It was all good. Roaring, going after him. I'm like, oh my goodness. There's, uh, and I was, I was told this early on. There was that killed all the heel heat, and I was like, I was all that dude. There was, I hate that that idea of it, but still, it was like he did nothing. All all the choking and all the stuff he was doing on the ropes, the eye gouging, the choking, the everything, all that was thrown away because as soon as he let go, Z-Man was okay, 100% okay. Right. I'm just like, ah, that's so frustrating to me. Anyway, that's one of my pet peeves for that match. The psychology like, seemed whack. The finish yes. was interesting. What did we get for the fish? It was a surprise uh, roll-up, right? It was a reversal from a springboard crossbody. Right, right, Never really saw that for the... It was interesting to me. Yeah. Yeah, anyway. Well, definitely not the... uh... Hey, I was doing that during the whole show. (laughs) We were trying to stay... (laughs) No, I'm not trying to stay awake. I just had something in my head. No, but I was doing that just like, oh my gosh, dude. Um, but uh, after oh. that, we get a pleasant surprise. Bruno. I did, yeah. Bruno. Bruno hated the, the WWE at this Thunderdome. time. So, yeah, yeah he's going to be the ref in this cage match. Yep. Yeah, that's interesting. Which is hyped up to be an electrified cage, and we'll get uh, <laughs> we'll we'll have more on that later. I'll try to keep that down too. Next, we get the Midnight's and Doctor Death with Corny. Yep, Corny himself uh, Corny. against Samoan SWAT team and Samoan Savage with the Big Kahuna. Oliver Humperdinck. Right. I had to look this guy up because it's like I knew he was familiar, but, uh, you know, no one really talks about this guy. No. But he had I've quite never, the career. I didn't really know anything about him until I looked him up either. Right. But you look and he had quite the career, right? I mean, he managed yeah. all sorts of people. Uh, for some reason, is not really talked about, especially in the, um, you know, the mainstream WWE history, uh, you know, stuff. 
Well, if you think about it, he retired in 93, which was the debut of Monday Night Raw. So he retired before me and you really got into our full swing. I, I mean, we watched it that. beforehand, you know, like, but the common, um, uh, what's the word? Common household watching really happened with Monday Night Raw. Like you said, there was some Saturday shows, some stuff like that, but wrestling right. really blew up with Raw. It was pretty that much, was, yeah. When it was on, and, you watched yeah. it, but it didn't yeah, become this, like this habit right there, viewing. Yeah, he retired in 93, it says. But yeah, I've never... A, I don't very remember young, him. a very young Rikishi here as well. Yes. Fairly um, recognizable. Right? Gosh. Uh, was and then two Simones time. who did nothing. You know... I look uh, both these guys up. Not really much for them after no. after this. You know, they would go on to be the head shrinkers in WWE. Um, oh. But, and, you know, they would win the tag team titles there, and, you know, of course, none of them on a Rock Roman Reigns level or anything, but still, <laughs> these are members of the family, you know, not even a snooker, yeah. really. No. I don't know, I guess you'd kind of repair, uh, and, uh, snooker was over, like, huge like back in the day, like the seventies or whatever, right? So yeah. Um, oh, Snuka was uh, Snuka a was fan favorite in the early nineties. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But he was later on in his stuff then. Yeah. But but you know he was still awesome to us even then. The Samoan Savage was um, was another one that's yeah. on there. Yeah. Very interesting. So. Uh, yeah, you know, really weird how uh, you know you have a babyface uh, Midnight Express and Doctor Death and Jim Cornette. You know, everyone being faces was really was really weird. You know, they're usually Cornette's usually synonymous with being like a heel manager. Yeah. Um, but here they were definitely the faces against uh, the Samoans. Um, you ever notice that if you come from an island, you wrestle barefoot? Right. Is there something to that? I don't know. I just found that really weird. Roman's got boots. Yeah. He's not from the island, though. He's all oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> Guess he's not exactly from the island. Just has yeah, heritage and I, to I the looked island. it up. Uh, these three Samoan guys—they're three brothers. I looked uh, all of them up. They're the—they're brothers. They're not okay. cousins or anything. Yeah. So it's the three brothers then. Yeah, well, that makes sense. Yeah, I looked them up. And uh, the prior generations thing, Usos here, man. Yeah. Yep. Usos and Solo Sokoa, which I like that guy. I don't so, want to get off topic, but I like him. Right. So they're. Uh, this is like their dad and uncles. Same type of deal, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. So there you so, go. Uh, Steve the Williams. The parallels to today's product. Amazing. Yeah. Let's anyway. talk about Dr. Death for a second. <clears throat> Dr. Death was awesome here. How great is he, man? <laughs> How great is Steve Williams? 
Steve, yeah. not that Steve Williams Williams. <laughs> yeah, not Stone Cold Steve Williams. No. But, uh, no, he was great. He was super over here. This was the time. I remember uh, this is my, uh, one of my older brothers. Both of them, they were really into Dr. Death. Thought he was the coolest yeah. thing. Uh, you know, when I'd watch these these shows from this era with them, and I was like, yeah, okay, yes. Because these are very, I don't remember watching this show specifically, but I was watching wrestling at this time when I was like four yeah. or whatever. So I, it was like, oh man, I, I remember this. I remember certain things, you know, about this. Like not this show, but like, this is when Dr. Death was kicking ass. You know, it was very familiar to me. Yeah. Yeah. He's really good. I, I, uh, I haven't seen much of his early stuff, but this match, he was great. And he was, he probably was the MVP of this match. I thought, did you write down any kind of recap with the, with the match? I didn't really write down anything besides. Um, I, I, I caught the, the Starcade was on a Wednesday after the, Oh yeah, because Starcade was their next pay per view, and it's going to be on a Wednesday. Uh, yeah, back then I wrote they down just didn't that. Care. I wrote down that there's uh, a lot of no selling in this. <laughs> a whole bunch of it. It's going to be a theme. Lots of it. Yes. Anyway, um, there was a bulldog reversal into the corner, uh, and I I wrote down here that you don't see that a lot. It was kind of cool. Um, yeah. It was like uh, they went to go do a um, a bulldog, uh, and he kind of just like threw him into the corner. <laughs> right. It was kind of okay. cool. I liked it. All right. Um, uh, oh, <laughs> that's right. Uh, j- towards the end of the match, Jr. said something about uh, I don't know if he said the match or someone. He used the word unorthodox. And I, I wrote down here, he meant sloppy. <laughs> oh, man. That's one of, uh, uh, that's a, that's a, a go-to announcer thing, you know. When a match yeah. is not, like, pretty, oh, it's very unorthodox. Yeah. You know. So, but, the finish. Did you, did you write down the finish? I sure did. Um, What'd Dr. you write Death, down for that finish? Dr. Death comes in like a house of fire, but uh small SWAT team and Savage steal the victory. Wow. That's a very colorful way to write the finish. You want to know what I wrote? <laughs> What's that? I wrote the rope in front of Samoans win from a push to the headbutt to Cornette's chest. <laughs> It was awful. Oh, anyway. Yeah, it was, it was, this, this, this match was a mess. And it's weird that, I don't know, but this, it's Philly, man. So the crowd was still hot. Yeah, it was. It was a good crowd. It was a good crowd. I, I had to admit that. I don't look at the crowd much, but I was like, dang, I'm impressed. But anyway. I think that this would be the kind of thing, though, that would eventually cause, uh, you know, ECW, you know, like, uh, the fans having to watch shows like this. Um, I thought it was interesting. 
what I did like about this show? What's that? The in between match promos were pretty good. Yeah, no, they kept they kept a consistent theme with yeah. them. Uh, yeah, I would like to see AEW do more of this during the pay per views. Yeah, for example, the next one, Terry Funk introduced fried chicken to us. It was pretty cool. <laughs> yes, this know, was so great. There's like, gonna be a new dance chicken. called the Electrified Boogie. That's my best Terry Funk. He said, "He said I'm gonna fry chicken." I'm like, okay. I'm right. gonna introduce. I'm gonna introduce you to fried chicken. I'm <laughs> like, sweet. This is gonna be the greatest, greatest wrestling match ever. Referring to uh, that Ric Flair was was some kind of a chicken that he was yeah. gonna fry him up. Apparently, yeah. I'm but like, this, this is gonna be great. Fried uh, chicken match. My favorite part of the whole show right here was probably that Terry Funk promo. I could have turned it yeah. off there. Probably could have been happy. Next, we get Cuban <laughs> Assassin. Fidel Sierra against yep. Tommy Rich. Wildfire, Wild Tommy. <laughs> uh, no, the beginning I'm, of this match, JR's putting over Cuba. You know that, right? Did you catch that? Well, right, of He's course. solid putting over Cuba. I was like, are they in Cuba? I had to look it up. <laughs> Fidel Sierra worked uh, everywhere, was a... Uh, it was like did the Cuban heel thing uh, all across in a, uh, for a long time in Portland, even. Yeah. Here where we are in the Northwest. So uh, shout out to that. Um, Tommy Rich, I was a huge fan of in these days. Uh, this was like his second run, though, uh, in, in NWA uh, stuff. As far as like, um, you know, he he had a better run years prior, apparently, that I've never even really seen before. But I was into huh. him here as a kid. I can remember being a Wildfire Tommy Rich fan. Huh. Um, so, yeah, Fidel Sierra worked everywhere. Uh, Tommy Rich was awesome. Vito, what did you think of this match? Oh, there was a, uh, you know... I'm not, early <laughs> you know, wrestling is so tough for me, it man. It was wrestling. I um, learned something. I learned something about watching this pay-per-view. This uh, just early wrestling is just hard to watch these days. <laughs> there was a sketchy, sketchy sunset flip by Tommy Rich. It scared the crap out of me. It was bad. But um, but the, um, the there was another thing that happened shortly after that that brought me back in. The assassin did a nice high knee. I was like, "Oh shoot, you didn't see that on like uh, um, er, like after that, like early uh, like in superstars and stuff like that, like in '91 right. WWF and stuff like that. You didn't see like big high knees like that. But the one he did in 1989 was real nice. He had a very so, cool brawling style. Uh, it was yeah, my first match I had ever seen of his, and I was just impressed. Uh, just the way he worked, I think, would be very um, very much a precursor to kind of like how a lot of the guys worked in like the Attitude Era, you know, like saw a lot of like Austin, um, you know, a little bit of Austin, you know, some guys like that, you know, that would and come into... The Assassin? 
Yeah, and the assassin. Oh, yeah, okay, just yeah, in the yeah. way he worked. It just like, you know, um Tommy <laughs> Rich's style seemed a little bit, you know, I mean it's real dependent on just being like the fiery baby face. It's real dependent on being given things. Um, I gotta say that the assassin looked better in this match than Tommy Rich did. For sure. Yeah. Because uh, he did the sketchy sunset flip and the finish, he did not look good. The finish was not great. That Thez press was very uh, not good. Yeah. No. <laughs> it was, I love Tommy it Rich. It was so awkward. Him. Yeah, he's. I really like him. But that, that Thez press was so awkward landed. Yeah. But plus, it's Thez press for the finish is just very interesting. Wasn't that finish. weird? Yeah, but that then they said, weird. "Oh, it's his Thez press. That's his move." I'm like, "Really? It's his yeah. finish?" Uh, all right, cool. Next, <laughs> we get a Freebirds backstage promo. Oh, this hey, video. hold on a second. What? I just realized I haven't been doing this. Uh, Rotunda and uh, Z-Man went thirteen twenty-three. The tag team match went eighteen twenty three, and Tommy Rich and Cuban Assassins went eight twenty nine. So, God, that six man went wow. forever. That's why this wow. seems so. Jeez, that rotunda match was long. Anyway, let's continue. And the first match, yeah. I mean, God, you're talking that's wow. forty minutes in the first two matches. I'd rather have a thirteen minute Cuban Assassin Tommy Rich match than a. Maybe match. that's why this seemed like a breath of fresh air because it was so much yeah. shorter yeah. Than, the, than the first two. Uh, this was very interesting, Vito. We get a Freebirds backstage promo. Of course, this isn't the Freebirds. This is the later reincarnation with Michael Hayes and Jimmy Garvin. Uh, but this is the one I remember seeing a lot growing up. And uh, they're facing the dynamic dudes here with Jim Cornette <laughs> as their manager. I don't remember Jim Cornette managing uh, them ever, but apparently he did. How many matches um, did the dynamic dudes actually have? It couldn't have been that many. Could look it up here. I, I They could not have had very many matches. Um. But yeah, tell I mean, us a little bit about this, Vito. First of all, I just want to go on record and say they haven't always been this bad because I've seen them in other things. But in this promo, in this beginning of this match, the Freebirds are creepy, man. Super <laughs> creepy. Like last week, we're, last week we were talking about uh, all the cancellations on that ECW pay-per-view. Like the networks would have shut this thing off right here. Like Freebirds were being really creepy, especially Garvin. Real creepy. Yeah. I felt so, like calling calling the creepy police on him. A lot of things. I mean, this, beyond it being, yeah, it was creepy, not in a Halloween way, right? No. I mean, yes. No, not spooky. That's spooky. <laughs> no. Creepy okay. like I washed my whole body whenever I was done watching him. <laughs> Dynamic Dudes, 128 matches. Whoa. They wrestled. Uh, looks like they were mostly... Uh, wow. I, I mean, did not expect that. 
right? 128. Uh, we're talking their last match together was February 26, 1990. They defeated the Midnight Express by disqualification in an NWA TV taping at the Civic Center in Beckley, West Virginia. Now, did you hear them say that Shane Douglas had a background in education and Johnny Ace had a background in marketing? See, he should have never told anybody, man. He would have never had to be the dean, right? How funny is that? <laughs> they said that on air. Yeah. And then he became the dean and Johnny Ace became basically marketing in WWE. What a precursor, huh? They, they were always, look what you did, WCW. Look they, what you did. They were always on that path. Here's what happened. Freebirds came out to a Freebird pop. And then they did creepy stuff in the ring. And they got <laughs> more cheers. Creepy was over in 1989. Well... It's it's the gyrate you know it's the same gyrations that the that the new day do in present day. Oh yeah. So they're really just a white new day. Yeah, but they had the mustaches. Right. Yeah. So yeah. And I'm sure they it, drove a white van there. It was the whole thing. Right. Man. It was the whole thing. Uh, but I was fascinated but, because I I'm pretty sure the Freebirds were supposed to be like heels here. But they weren't. Yeah. No, they were. <laughs> they were like everyone was just <laughs> crapping on the dynamic dudes, and uh, they wanted Freebird Mania. So I think they had to call a bunch of like audibles in this match. Is how it seemed to me. Yeah. Um, don't get me wrong; they were just really creepy here. I love the Freebirds. <laughs> I've always been a Freebird fan. I've always liked P.S. Michael Hayes. Yeah, I'm I'm a fan. I've I love the Freebirds. Um, uh, I I don't know if you noticed this. Uh, when was that uh, ECW pay per view that we did last week? That was nineteen ninety eight. So uh, ninety eight. Nine okay, years so, later. Yeah. Okay. Did you see that Shane Douglas had a brace on his elbow? Maybe a pre he's always had problems with it. Maybe he has he just, a tennis he's elbow. Always has a brace on his elbow. <laughs> nine years, nine years later, he's in an ECW pay per view and he's got a big ass brace on his elbow. Just wanted to point that out. Makes sense to me. I mean, look at all the people that they bring that up about. Uh, Bob Orton Senior with the cast, right? right. D'Lo Brown with the chest protector. They always bring those guys up. Shane Douglas scoots underneath the rug with the elbow brace from 1989 to 1998 and probably longer. That's his gimmick. Just saying. You, you use what you got, right? Yep, just saying. If you're going to tape it up or whatever, you might as well make a thing out of it. <clears throat> um, yeah. What's your notes for this match? What you got? I mean, it like just like I said. I mean, I really just broke down that it was basically just a big cluster. It was another yeah. one of those matches where I think they had 
a plan and oh, yeah, uh, yeah. they it didn't work out exactly that way and i don't know if they were really prepared for that or not it seemed like they they had to kind of change fees there on the um on the fly so but it was interesting johnny ace did this uh sweet young buck move where he uh got a, a head scissor and a headlock at the same time got both guys headlock head scissor taker nick jackson does that with the young bucks then they had a drop kick party what to tell you. instead of a super kick party <laughs> and a, <laughs> We are going to have doing? a party tonight. <laughs> I was watching the 2011 CM Punk compilation <laughs> where he's doing the imitation of, of uh, Johnny Laurinaitis. <laughs> right. Oh, it's just 2000, so... 2011 CM Punk was, was unbeatable on the microphone. Fun to do. Cena did a good one too, from what I remember. So, uh, another reversal finish. Right. Uh, Hayes pulls the leg. Somehow yeah. this this renders Douglas absolutely useless. Uh, <laughs> while Garvin gets the win, finish really made no sense and came out of nowhere, but. Uh, the Freebirds were over. Uh, the Freebirds were like uh, worshipped like gods here in Philadelphia on this. Night. Yeah. Yep. Definitely, uh, you know, they were living strong and they would continue on. I, I actually went uh, to the, I didn't go. But after I watched this show, I watched part of the next year's Havoc, and they were still around then, so uh, huh. they they kept going strong. Uh, no spoilers intended. Okay, so I got to read my note for the next uh, promo. Steiner's. My notes. Steiner seemed very confused, and Rick, with very 80s hair, seemed a little special and sexual assaulty. Right, that's that was my that was my note for for that promo. <laughs> yeah, so they did the whole uh, naive and dumb Rick Steiner gets distracted by the girl giving him attention. Yeah, gimmick, which has been yeah. done now like ad nauseum. I don't know. I mean, gosh. Uh, WWE was had just done this gimmick a year or two prior with George the Animal Steel and mm-hmm. Elizabeth. And Elizabeth, yeah. You know, it's it's a, it's a tried and true, you know, uh, cliche. It's fine to do. Um, it is but what it is. The woman, no pun intended, that he was talking about was. Uh, I wrote down a note here that when I see Nancy, I say, damn. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, uh, hey, yeah, Mr. Damn himself in this yeah. match. The debut of Doom, I found. That's, that, that caught me off guard. I didn't know that. Really? That's what they said, yeah. Oh, wow. 
the debut of Ron Simmons and Butch Reed. Right. Well, they were, they were just calling him Doom 1 and Doom 2 during this. Thing, yeah. Which was interesting. They didn't have names. They still had masks. Yeah. They still had a woman with their as their manager, which was for a very, very short time. Um, so yeah, this is a, this is a brief moment in time. And then they, they oh, yeah. changed so it's up Steiners the versus doom. We didn't make that. I didn't make that. Uh, no, it's fine. I just started talking about Nancy. Oh, but you want to know something interesting. So we get, we get all this canned music, right? Um, and a pretty much, I think there was only a couple of, of, uh, of exceptions and, and we'll get, uh, into that as they come. They didn't happen in this match, though, but I thought it'd be interesting to note, Vito, that yep. as I was watching this, it unlocked a core memory in my brain of watching this stuff Saturday, uh, WCW Sat or into whatever it was back in the day. Yeah. Um, I think actually then they called it main event or something. Regardless. Um, the Steiners would come out to Welcome to the Jungle huh. by Guns N' Roses. Fun fact. I've always been a Steiner fan. So if you, I've always liked suplexes. And uh, you can kind of tell as they're, you know, whatever remake that they that 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 they did here. It doesn't really quite. It's not, but it's it's got the same kind of feel as uh as welcome to the jungle that's why i was like oh yeah that's right they came out to welcome to the jungle oh that freebird match went 11 28 by the way 11 28 so we got uh you know a little bit longer which is fine so are you were you a steiner fan oh for sure yeah me too yeah dude the steiner i always liked the suplexes Because they can just grab them from anywhere and throw them. They they did suplexes nobody else did. I always thought that was cool. Clotheslines. Just take dudes' heads off with those clotheslines. I I wrote down Uh, here lots of clotheslines. (laughs) Right. And, of course, the Frankensteiner. I mean, come on. Uh, That's the, you know, as far as we knew on Fort Street in Dillard, Oregon, man, uh, he invented that move, you know, that's what we thought, you know, we had never seen Lucha Libre or, or any of that, you know, um, he invented that you know, move. Another thing I noticed were, uh, um, tag team matches weren't as fluid back then. Oh God, no. They were very, um, uh, they were just like, yeah, they were, they just were step by step. They weren't like, uh, the guys weren't in and out very good. It was just, I don't know, it was weird. Like, they were still getting it down. <laughs> like, all the guys, well, yes. all the tag teams were still getting how to do it down. This match, because, yeah, Doom, I mean, uh, Butch Reed had been around a while, but, but Ron Simmons was, you know, still pretty new at this time, I believe. And the Steiners, uh, I mean, at 89, I mean, they were, they were still both kind of green themselves. You know, yeah, I don't want to spoil um, the rest of the card, but I think this is my favorite match of the night. Really? Yeah. Ooh. I enjoyed this match. Um, 
best selling of the night. There was hardly any, I don't I don't remember any uh, no sells, which which has bugged me a lot for this car. Right. Uh, I think the finish was probably the best of the night. I've never seen that finish that, that I can remember. That was a great finish, wasn't it? Yeah, I've never seen. Have you seen it before? No. Me neither. I can't remember seeing this, and I just yeah, I noted this here that like we need to see this finish again at some point. Yes, I would love uh, Fuego to get a win by doing this. Right. <laughs> uh, That's Fuego's heel turn. He just puts something in his head and goes, "Wow!" They tossed in what was it? It was like a metal, thing. like a metal disc or, or no, like a like almost looked like a fist pack. Right. Because right. it was kind of it was pretty big. And he puts it in the mask. Yeah, puts it right up, right up in his forehead. And then headbutts him with it. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, I don't know why we don't see this more often. Yeah, the only time. And he got the pin with it still in his forehead. Right. (laughs) Brilliant. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah, I love that match. That was a good match. I enjoyed it. Lots of big, powerful slams. It was clunky at the beginning, but it picked up at the end for sure. Yeah, uh, yeah. the The tag in and out was was not the best, but that's all these matches, right? Yeah, it was just yeah. you know because yeah because you have two power you know two power teams you know it's hard to establish a bunch of heat you know when you have two power teams. Uh, but it was still very good. Okay. I haven't thought about if it's my favorite on the card, but maybe. Now we get, we're going to talk about my least favorite match on the card. We get a promo. Flying Brian used to come out to Rocket by Def Leppard. I figured I would write that down here as well. I do remember also that. I was thinking about their musics. Kind of lost in time. So, I did not like this match. This match, uh, I wrote uh, here is the ba- Battle of the Mullets. Mullets? The big mullet showdown. Um, and I think they were both face here, so it was weird. No, Lex Luger was uh, heel. He was supposed to he be He was the playing heel. heel. Yeah, because he was talking shit to the audience and stuff. Okay. Um, yeah, he was, uh, he was doing it slow, and he was... Uh, yeah, he was doing some Healy stuff. Not like Healy's, like like he was wrestling with Healy's on. No, let's right. move on from that. <laughs> um, uh, Pillman's speed uh, is off the hook. His speed back then for as, for as big as he is and the way he was built. Right. Uh, is really, he, was, he impressed me. He was that, he was the best part of that match. <laughs> He's the only good part of that match. Uh, did, did it seem like the crowd favored Luger more, though? Because that's what no, I wrote down here. I don't that, think so. That I thought really? that they, they liked Luger a little bit more. Maybe I was just... Uh, I don't know. I, I got a couple things written down here that really bothered me and a couple things that I liked. Uh, Pillman did this sweet uh, reversal arm drag with a twirl. Did you catch that? Yeah, he does that. That's one of his things. I thought things. that was cool. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, arm wrench. <laughs> number number four, arm bar. 
<laughs> okay. So Pillman holds his arm for what half the match? Yeah. Quarter of the match? That's ridiculous. <laughs> hey man, you gotta work it got to work sometimes. It got to where they're both on their knees in the middle of the ring and Pillman's still just holding his arm. Luger's talking to the crowd. <laughs> Not selling the pain. He's talking to the crowd and then remembers, oh, he's got my arm. Oh, yeah. It's like, if you're talking to the crowd, you have enough sense in you to punch him in the face. <laughs> Do not let him hold that for 10 minutes while you guys are just on the ground. Oh, man. It bugged me. Like, he held it for way too long. This I don't know what was, they were thinking doing that. This crowd that. was so hot that you could do weird stalling like that. They did that in the first match. It was so weird. And it was just, it was fine. Like, people ate it because that Philly crowd were just like, they were pissed off that you were doing that spot. And then it's like, you just lock it in for even longer just to, like, spite them. You know what I and mean? Then, uh, like, that happens. I thought it was interesting that... um so one of the two guys did a chop in the corner, then another chop, and they're like, oh, Flair-like chops. And I was like, oh, yeah, Flair-like chops back in 89. Good for him. <laughs> <laughs> no, those know. were synonymous with him then. No one else I didn't did know. It. I didn't know Flair-like chops went all the way back that far. Good for him. Yeah. That's, no no um, one else really did the chop spots but Flair. That was a cool thing about NWA. Uh, at the time, I mean, it was very rare to see someone else do them. Uh, so they were flare chops, you know. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I didn't realize that. Jr. said that the show was being played in cable systems around America, so that there was cool. Pay per view. Cable systems around America. <laughs> Boy, those are his exact words, changed, dude. Right? Yeah. Um. There was a time where. I wrote this down. There was a time there was a pinfall, and uh, I think it was Luger was on top. He pinned him, and it was a two. And he was surprised it was a two. And the ref was just sitting on the ground like, it was a two, guy. <laughs> and he just stayed there, like, waiting for him to do something else. He just sat on the ground. And I was like, you going to get up? I think my note here pretty much sums it up when I said they didn't do much. No, <laughs> no, and the arm wrench thing really took me out of that match. Yeah, I hated it, and the finish sucked too. You remember what the finish was? Yes, he dropped him onto the top rope weirdly, almost broke Hung him his out neck. It looked like, yeah, like what the hell when's is he, this? When's he do the torture rack? Ninety three when he comes to Raw. No, I could have swore he was doing the torture rack in this era. I don't know why they didn't do it here. I don't know. That was my least favorite match because of that arm wrench thing. It was awful. Yeah. Go back and watch it again. He talks to the audience and he doesn't sell it one bit. Anyway, it was awful. You know, I love Brian Pillman. I kind of like Luger. 99 WCW Luger, not... WWF Luger, not the narcissist. Both guys were young here, and they were trying to protect both guys in a way, you know, especially Pillman and yeah. Luger. So that's kind of what we get, I guess. 
you know, yeah. 80s booking from that part. I believe this was... And that was the U.S. title match. Are you kidding me? I mean, I guess I should have done a little bit more uh, research uh, on this, but I think this is Dusty booking, if I'm not mistaken. That went six... Oh, no wonder why it was so awful for me. It went six sixteen forty nine. See, yeah, I knew it went like that 15, was 16 minutes. The third longest match in the show. Jeez Louise. It didn't it was, need to be. No. This needed to be one of those like seven, eight minute ones where we got. Yeah, you know, because they probably told him go out there and do 15. And Pillman right. spent three of it in an arm wrench. Yeah. The Luger is more of a is more of a seven to ten minute guy. Yes. You're not gonna yes. get you 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 don't want to go fifteen twenty with Luger no in general. No, because he's boring. Right. He don't do much. Yes, let him get it over quick. No. He would be yeah, the he would be the Brock like nowadays, you know. Yeah, I was gonna say he's the less exciting Brock in <laughs> Goldberg. Seven to ten minutes out of there. Uh <sighs> anyway. We get a Road Warriors promo, which was awesome. It was almost as good as the Terry Funk promo earlier. Yeah. Um, get all the, you know, they hit all the points, you know, the catch. I think talk gets a little more exciting in a couple more years. Right. But this is still good. Laying the groundwork. Yeah. Uh, they take on the skyscrapers here, the, the Dan Spivey and Sid version. Oh, wait, I forgot. Uh, they called LOD underdogs. First of all, I thought that was interesting. Right. And Hawk says, uh, skyscrapers are buildings, right? People make buildings, right? Who tears down buildings? People yeah. tear down buildings. Yeah. I was like, yeah. Right. Get some. <laughs> well, uh, I think the the skyscrapers were undefeated at this point. Yes. Is yeah, what, they were. was what the deal was. So that's why they were considered the underdogs, but still. Yeah. Eh. Are you know were they ever underdogs to anyone really in the scheme of things? Probably not. No. <laughs> so probably one of my nice top try, five. Jim. Probably one of my top five, like old favorite tag teams. It was very controversial when I did not put them number one uh, on the top one hundred list. I've gotten yeah. a lot of flack for it on the on the Mothership channel. Uh, some people understand why I put Rock and Roll first. Uh, other people. We don't. talked about this, right? I mean, that was just you know, I have my reasons, but yes, I I, I have gotten a lot of comments. Road I haven't gone check those. Be, I better go. Road Warriors should be number one, bro. I'm gonna go check those out. I'm gonna I get under, down in those comments. I understand. All right, I understand. It's all but. good. We can all have our own opinions, but I, you know, I just let promoters know you can book Rock and Roll Express still, okay? Exactly. <laughs> you cannot book the Road Warriors. Rest in peace to Hawk. Right. You know, but you can still book the Rock and Roll Express. I mean, for time alone, yes, that is why I put. You know, but regardless, that's a whole other discussion. Yeah. Anyway. Uh. We get Road Warriors skyscrapers here, which was fun. Uh, yeah. Teddy Long looking like a stud. Oh, gosh. 
Road Warriors come out to an Iron Man uh, knockoff. I believe they actually came out to the real Iron Man, but the, it's, it sounds like a complete knockoff here. I don't know. Black Sabbath probably has a case against WWE if they wanted to take him to court over this uh, interpretation of the song that they have on here. Yeah, they had a they had a sweet entrance. I thought their entrance was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was pretty cool. Uh, uh, power guy match, you know. Yeah, but then uh, the match starts, and uh, what what happens? There's an arm wrench that gets no sold. I no longer <laughs> believe the arm wrench, dude. If I see an arm wrench in AEW or WWE these days, I'm gonna just be like, "You better sell the shit out of that. You better act like they're breaking your shoulder off your neck." It's the most basic thing. It's the least you can do, right? Yeah. Yeah. Politics, though. Put a frown on your face, at least. <laughs> Sweat don't, a little bit. Don't blow a kiss to your girlfriend in the front row. <laughs> <laughs> Pretend like the dude's got some strength in him. Ugh. Anyway. <laughs> they Lots have of a, power testing in this match. Yeah, it's a very power guy match. Uh back and forth skyscrapers cheat with the big key to get the victory i thought that was cool the big key i wrote that down too right <laughs> uh sid man the young sid is cool man he impressed the shit out of me yeah no sid is great he did it he did a chip up he did right. the f10 wardlow's finisher before the powerbomb yeah. symphony he did the f10 thing uh Right? It's Wardlow that does the F10, right? I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, then, uh, Spivey no-sold the shit out of this clothesline from Hawk. He no-sold it so bad that Hawk just kind of fell off. And he just, like, Hawk was selling the move from before still. So he kind of fell down afterwards. <laughs> Spivey just got back up. And was and grabbed Hawk and was doing the next move. I'm like, dude, what the? How is I'm, that possible? I love uh, to get the backstory on this because yeah, it just sounds like they were just trying to to out, you know, like the like they would no sell oh. something they did, so they'd have to pay him back and no sell something that they did, and it was just like it went like ping pong back and forth. Uh did you see that Hawk did uh, him and Animal's finish without Animal because Animal was getting beat up? And Hawk was on the on the rope, and he kind of did their finish, you know, the clothesline? Yeah, yeah, he yeah. Did the, he did the finish to, I don't know who it was, Spivey maybe? He did the, the clothesline right. uh, f- from the rope without without him being on animal's yeah. shoulders it's not the t- I thought that was kind of cool it's not the doomsday device it's the uh yeah. t- it's the tuesday device <laughs> yeah it's just there it's, it's just, just a, a device it's just a tuesday yeah just the device there you go but uh right. yeah scrapers cheat to win uh, that was uh 11 39 the timing on these matches is so off sting flare and only promo uh, this was not uh, one of the best player promos, but it was fun. Designated uh, Terminator. Yes. Person That's has a term. To, yes. 
That's the official term for the person that would throw the towel into the match. It's the only way you could end it. And the, the Terminators are Ole Anderson, which was nice to see Ole, and yes. Gary, not that heart, heart. No. Not that heart, even though it's spelled the same way. Yep. Or Gary, not those hearts, heart. Right. No <laughs> relation. Uh, Thunderdome electric cage. Yeah. Um, it was electric somewhere. I will... it was electric where it burnt down that yes. burlap sack. I <laughs> took Muda's will... <me> spot. <laughs> I will note that, uh, the sting music is real. That's the actual Ooh. sting music from those days. So they apparently somehow got rights to that. With WCW. So cheers nice. to that. Um, but yeah, that is nice. that is legit. Uh, I'll, I'll drink to that one. And yes, the, the cage catches on fire. Which should have been an omen, right? As it's like coming down. Just like... No, but this what? match... What was all that shit? Was it burlap sacks and tree branches? They're supposed well, to be. What is all that? They're supposed to be like Halloween decorations, I believe. Yeah, that's the other thing about this pay per view. It's not very Halloweeny at all. There's right. a lot of havoc. Yes. Not very Halloweeny. This was really. This is what you got for the Halloween uh, type stuff. Yeah, the cage, the burlap sack on. The, it looked like a burlap sack to me. That's why I've been saying this whole time. Burlap sack caught on fire. Yeah. And Mula, Mula. Fabulous. <laughs> The fabulous Muda had to use his uh, mist spot to put it out. The great Muda, yes. <laughs> the fabulous uh, Muda. <laughs> I don't um, know. I actually said Mula, so I figured I'd go the whole way. The fabulous Beulah McGillicuddy. <laughs> uh, anyway, the great Muda missed this... his mist spot because he had to put the fire out with it. Precursor to Hell in a Cell here, you could say. Uh, a big yeah. cage that surrounds the ring. Um, can't say and I saw this often. it doesn't have a top, but it does have a curve, kind of. Yes. That makes it hard to climb out. Curvature to prevent climbing out. I don't know why they don't do something like this nowadays. I think it'd be fun. But yes, the electrified gimmick, which is obviously a gimmick uh, in the end. Even though yeah. it, it really, you know, I mean, the, the fire actually really kind of sold the fact that the the electric thing was real. The only person um, to get shocked that I remember was uh, Muda raised right. his hand up and got shocked. And it was just like, oh, yeah, that hurt. Um, JR says, uh, just to let you guys know, there's no rules in this match. And then they went to the ring and both guys got out of the ring. And I was like, oh. No rules except tag in and out. Okay, yeah. that's a very that's weird dynamic. Yes, um, it should have just been a uh, like a tornado. Like why? But then, yeah. But then something happened that made me kind of sad inside. What's that? Jr. says, "Uh, he used to be part of the Blade Runners and said oh, uh, his partner hasn't progressed like he has." Oh. <laughs> I was like, oh no, poor, poor Jim. People were taking shots even back then. 
course, man. this is coming from the other side. Uh, That's harsh, man. I mean, Warrior Mania was running wild on the other side at that point. So, yes. In 89? Oh, yeah. Really? Uh, huh. I mean, WrestleMania 6 was in 90. Okay. All so, right. I mean, at this point, he would have been uh, Intercontinental Champion uh, in WWF. Warrior would have been, so. Okay. Uh, you know, it was, it was silly, man, at times, but, you know, they did some all right stuff, and it was just a lot of fun seeing Muda, uh, seeing Funk, seeing Flair, seeing Sting. Um, I mean, I, I would have ordered it, probably, if, if I was making, if I was calling the shots, but I was four yep. years old at the time, so. One of the things that uh, that I said on here was Funk looked ripped, dude. He was in great shape. Right? Yeah. Like, they showed his abs at one point. Like, yeah. they focused in on him and his abs. I was he like, had a six-pack. Dude. I'm like, he I don't remember awesome. Funk ever having a six-pack. That's no. crazy. Another thing I thought was, uh, I think this would have been cool as a four-way instead of a tag match. Right, they yeah, but this yeah. that's before they even did four ways, bro. Yeah, no, that match didn't even exist really at that point. Yeah, think about that. It, I didn't never hear of a four corners match till like maybe five, six years later. At least on a like a, on a major scale, anyway, in one of the big two companies, but so. I had a, a my major problem with this match was there was a lot of useless cl- uh, cage climbing, whole bunch of it. Yes. Uh, then right. they started doing some Tarzan stuff that was really not necessary. Well, <coughs> right. You think about it, like why would you want to climb up to the electricity? Wouldn't you want to stay as far away from it as possible? It makes no sense. Yeah, and there was no electricity anywhere. No and one it, was getting shocked. And it's not like you can necessarily drag your opponent up to the, th- you know what I mean? It just. Was it, this before Terry Funk? It uh, made no sense. Sacrifice himself to the good stuff? Because if this isn't, then Terry Funk should have been up there, shocked himself, and then flew down into the ring. That's what I was hoping for, right. but I didn't get it. No, he I got Muda quite, with a little zap. He would do some, you know, some more hardcore type stuff even back then, but he wasn't doing the real crazy stuff yet. Like he hadn't been to Japan to do the death match tournament or anything like that. But just prior the build up to this, the Wrestle War '89 show, I believe it was after. Flair won the belt or whatever with Steamboat. Uh, he, I think that's where uh, where Funk like pile drove him through that table. And that's one yeah. of the earlier like table spots that you'll see uh, in in NWA or WWF stuff. But take that yeah. for what it's worth. Take. Oh yeah, so this match, uh, that's really what I took from it. Bunch of useless climbing, weird Tarzan stuff, trees inside the cage for some reason, like <laughs> woven. Trees in it. It was like trees were woven within the cage. I don't know why. 
the electricity was was minimal. So, and the finish was interesting. The, I don't know. The finish I thought was pretty good, but it was interesting. I knew it wasn't going to be straight up. No one's going to just throw the towel in. Right, exactly. Yeah, I know it. it was a thing where a uh, heart like slips or whatever, right? And the towel goes flying. Yeah. Yeah, he gets hit. Yeah. Uh, uh, Muda, Muda threw a chop, and Bruno and Bruno took a right. Right, he hit him or something like that. Great, Muda's Gary. awesome. Here, yeah. we, here we sit in twenty twenty three, where he's having his uh, final set of retirement matches. Yeah, or just had them, I guess. I don't know, something like that. He's in the middle. He's on his uh, tour out. Uh, he wants to face Shinsuke as his last match, but Triple H ain't having it. Thirty-four years ago, this was, and he was. Uh, I mean, was it his prime? I don't know. It was his American prime, you could say. Yeah, had had some really good years in Japan, though. Of course, after all this oh. stuff. I wish he I mean, would have stuck around America. I was a huge fan. Uh, my brothers were as well. Thought he was I mean, really... 10 years after this, he's in the NWO. You know what I mean? I loved it when they brought him in for the NWO appearances. But, the, but he didn't really do much. You know, he was just kind of no. there. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like... And then, just what, last year, he was in a trios match with Sting and Darby Allen. Right. That was, like, that was nice to see. We covered that. Yeah. Yeah. We covered so, that right here. Right. It's like here. we cover everything. Most stuff. Almost everything. Yeah. What we can. Um <laughs> but uh this this match went twenty three forty six. Yes. I d I didn't uh I didn't dislike this match. There there didn't seem much uh meat and potatoes to it, but I didn't I didn't dislike it. You know, the whole show was fun, but not not something particularly I want to go back and revisit. Probably, yeah. Ever. I think uh, our future shows are going to be a little further up the timeline. <laughs> Don't think, think I'll be. Gonna, I think we're going to stay nineties and above, folks. I I can't uh, I can't point to anything on the show and say, yo. You gotta go back and watch this. <laughs> no, you you don't. Really just take a, just take what we have talked about today, and uh, oh yeah, Bruno San Martino was there. Yeah, he's the ref of the Thunderdome guys, he and he hit there. somebody only one time. Yeah, so so there you go. That was cool. Yeah. So what are we covering next time? Do we know yet? We are going to do a. Uh, should we do a WWE pay-per-view next, or should we go ahead and do an ROH pay-per-view next? We're moving on into, oh, yeah, see we need to, we're expanding into promotions. Yes, because we did ECW, we did WCW, we were going to do a WWE, but should we go ROH first? You know. What are we thinking? I'm going to toss a coin. Oh. I'm going to flip something. Oh, fate. Oh man! I'm gonna flip something. I don't know what it's gonna be. I don't have a coin here. Handy. You don't have it because you broke. I was gonna say, well, you don't got a penny to your name. I don't. Uh, no penny, no dime, no nickel, no quarter. Look at you. 
No penny. I mean, Man. guitar pick. Here we go. Oh. <laughs> so, oh, wait. There's no way to distinguish. Which, oh, no, wait, yes. <laughs> okay, so one side says USA oh, Nylon. Go get one of the boys. Flip them. The other side <laughs> says Jim Dunlop. So okay. Dunlop side up. Uh, we're doing WWE USA Nylon side up. We're doing ROH. All right. We're flipping the pick now. We're on the Jim Dunlop side, so we're going to have to go with the Fed. Okay. We're going the with Fed. the Fed. So there you have it, folks. Our next show will be something from you'll, the Fed. You'll find out when you see it. And I promise you this. Let me make this big Vito T promise. It will be from 1990 or above. Yes, please. Promise. Big Vito T. 93 or above. <laughs> All right. What's and, up? See you later. What's and, going on? Until next time. <laughs> yeah. Hope everyone enjoyed. Yes. I think they did. You know, we were able to take this very average promo is very average or sub-average pay-per-view. And... Oh, what do you give this show, by the way? Oh, my God. Well, I'm not going do back we, and watching it, it ever. Uh, I would say two stars at best. Yeah. This was not, okay. uh, this was not the most enjoyable experience. I'm going to go ever. one and a half star, only because I really liked only one or two matches. Yeah. So. There's just nothing yeah. here. It's nice as a whole because there's a lot of people you get to see. And Actually, I'm going to go two stars because a half for each of the two matches I liked and one whole star for all the promos. So two stars. I love the time period. Hey, we tied. Yeah. Yeah, That's fine. promos get it for me. Promos get the whole star for me. I love so. the time period and the overall sense of the show, but eh. Not something I'm ever yeah. watching again. All right. Too sweet, me baby. For more Let's shows, com. We are out till next time. Have a Merry Christmas, everybody. And a Happy Spooky. New Year. Spooky. <laughs> uh, what are we doing? Here we We're go. We're being spooky.